the most successful people, there's no secret. Like they just do the same thing consistently over and over again. Like you don't miss videos. When the income goes up, my workload doesn't go up. I, the same thing today as I did four years ago, except yeah. now I'm getting more views. It's the only difference. I've always just taking the approach that you watch everyone else. You type in real estate. What are the top 10 results? Watch their videos and then make yours even better. Right. So that when someone clicks yours, they're going to watch for longer. They're going to subscribe. They're going to like the video. They're going to engage with it. If you're coming up in YouTube, if you're going to get in the space, whether your niche is real estate or stocks or, you know, any niche, you have to be like different in some way. Do you agree? It's complicated for me because I feel like all the titles and thumbnails I do myself still. If there's any sort of <laughs> error on a title or thumbnail that's not perfect, there goes the entire video. It's like then it, the whole video is ruined. You guys spend 10 hours editing one video? Yeah. Probably another eight to 10 hours of planning to go into each video with another probably two hours of filming. That's 20 hours to make one video from start to finish. Like how are you getting the idea from conception to yeah. scripting? I'll spend the first two hours Today, we have a very special guest, somebody who has influenced me quite a bit. Uh, I would not be on YouTube if I did not ever see this guy's video. And, you know, I've had the the luxury to meet him in person and uh, become friends and um, even help him move to Vegas now. Yep. So, uh, man, what's up, Graham? Thank you so much. That's that's right. You did help me move to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. So, by the way, your house is is beautiful now. I saw you guys put in the pool. You guys decorated it. Got a lot of cool stuff going. Yeah, we got a 13-foot Christmas tree I from saw Home that. Depot. It's massive. Yep. So I had to stand on the very top shelf of the ladder, which is <laughs> so scary. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but being like 10 feet, well, no, I wasn't 10 feet up. I was probably like seven, eight feet up in the air yeah. on that little top shelf. It was terrifying. Dude, you need, you got to hire somebody to do that. No. Did you build the tree yourself? What do you mean, build it? Grow the tree myself? Oh, it's a it's a live tree. Yeah, oh, it's a live tree. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's not a fake tree. You oh, got to get the live trees that because the smell. Yeah. You walk no. in, the whole house smells. The smell is yeah. great. But I don't think you didn't have one last year, did you? When we went um, to not the New Vegas, Year's party, not in Vegas. No. Yeah, but now you got that Christmas yeah. feel. Yeah, I love it, dude. <laughs> so for those of you listening, um, if you don't know, who Graham Stefan is uh, he's got. Three and a half million subscribers on YouTube, um, just on his main channel. Mm-hmm. You get you get probably what? How many total? Four and a half. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably about four and a half. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely crushing it, talking about finance, and um, I've I've had the luxury to be on his podcast twice, yeah. and uh, we'll definitely link to those episodes below. But uh, dude, man, like, I just want to say first off on on air, you know, seeing your success drastically made me want to get into YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. I started last year during the pandemic and, uh, you know, I'd never heard of you. I see one of your videos and then you're like, man, you know, uh, I'm over here making this amount of money. Which on video is it? Was it that video? Yeah. It was just one of these, you know, how much I make per month. Oh, it must've been how much I make with 2 million subscribers. I'm so, yeah, guessing probably, probably that. around the time I posted that. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I want like, cause people were like, you should get on YouTube. And I'm like, dude, YouTube's stupid. Like what, why would I, I'm re- busy running businesses. And then uh, I watched your video and I go, nope, YouTube is not <laughs> stupid. Like that is crazy. Yeah. So that's awesome, dude. And then to see what, you know, about a year and a half later, you know, almost double the subscribers yeah. and um, you're branching out into other things like businesses. And uh, it's been cool, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone who has seen that video is all of a sudden like, I want to make YouTube videos now. Dude, it's, it's I was one of those wild. guys. Yeah. Yeah. I've had so many people texting me too. Even just old real estate colleagues. That they saw that video or they saw one of those videos or they saw like the CNBC millennial money. 
Right. And all of them are like, hey, uh, so if I start a YouTube channel, I'm like, it's not that easy. <laughs> and and no. very few people who have actually reached out have ever even posted a video. So I think it goes like they, they underestimate the amount of work. They think, oh, I just post videos and I'll make uh, hundreds of thousands. Yeah. But oh gosh, it's, it's way a harder grind. Than that. Yeah. yeah. On September 25th to the 27th, I'm holding my biggest virtual event ever called the Profit Partner Challenge, and it's going to be epic. I'm going to be going over the number one way to get started in real estate. And I'll tell you, it's not wholesaling, it's not flipping, it's not buy and hold, it's not Airbnb, it's not multifamily. It's something completely different. And the great thing about getting started this way in real estate is you can do it from your house with just a computer and Wi-Fi. And you might be wondering, what exactly am I talking about? Well, what if I told you that you could use my team to close all of your deals? We negotiate with the seller, we figure out what we're going to do with it, and then we make a profit together. Well, I've built out the team to do exactly that. I just need your help with identifying these sellers all across the country that we could be doing deals with. And so if that sounds like something you wanna be a part of with partnering with my team and learning how you can get into the real estate business in the safest and easiest way possible, then you'll wanna make sure you attend this free three-day challenge. So if you're interested in joining, go to wealthyworkshop.com. You can sign up today, it's completely free. And I'll see you there. So once again, go to wealthyworkshop.com or click the link below. Before I started posting, like I knew, I'm like, dude, <laughs> building a channel with millions of subs ain't easy. You know, it took you years and that was fast compared to everyone else, right? Like, and I'm just like, man, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to treat it like a business. I need to study the craft of what being a YouTuber is, not just, I think most people, they go buy a camera and then just start talking without any kind yeah. of research or anything else. So I actually took your course, um, which was very helpful. And it's funny because at the time I remember taking it and when you made that course, you might've had like 300,000 subs yeah. or something. And, uh, to see your video of like, Hey, I got 2 million subs. I'm like, okay, whatever he's telling me at 300,000 definitely applies to get to. Yeah. That was, that's, that was the thing that a lot of people, uh, I don't want to say they complained about it, but they mentioned, uh, because I made that program, I think it was like, yeah, about two years ago, I was 300,000 subscribers. And I laid out my blueprint. And in those videos, I'm like, I'm at 300,000 subscribers now. And people are like, well, it, it's not going to work anymore because now you have three and a half. I'm like, I've been doing the same thing. And that's why people are shocked to hear that like I still have the, the same equipment. Uh, until recently, it was just me. And uh, I've done everything on the main channel. I mean, that's just 100% just been myself. Like, nothing has changed. Right. And so that's why it's like when the income goes up, my workload doesn't go up. I, the same thing today as I did four years ago, except yeah. now I'm getting more views. It's the only difference. So everything that I said in that video is still true today. It just, it doesn't change. Well, yeah, and I tell yeah. people that too. Like, at the end of the day, the most successful people just, there's no secret. Like they just do the same thing consistently over and over yeah. again. Like you don't miss videos, you know, like you get a video, you get all your videos out always on schedule. Mm. You've been doing that for the last, what, four years. It'll be five years, five years, December 26. It'll be five years. Yeah. And there's no secret yeah. to that. It's just like, dude, you were disciplined to putting it out five years straight, you know, not missing a beat. And in the early stages when you didn't know if it was going to be a career or anything, you just stuck with it, right? I like, loved it. It was yeah. fun. It was like, uh, it would be like going to the gym. It's just, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So for me, it was, uh, I was going to do it regardless. Right. So it didn't make money. Great. Making money. Yeah. Yeah. And then the moment sort of making money, it's like, Hey, maybe I should, uh, like really make this another level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, no, I thought the course was great. Um, and like you said, it doesn't matter how many subs you had at the time. Like, 
all the same principles still apply. Yep. You know, <laughs> create a good title, create a good thumbnail, be quick to, you know, get them in the hook. And yep. it's not rocket science. It's just figuring out your voice and, you know, how to create great topics. Yeah. Especially in the beginning, SEO is so important. And that, I mean, of course it changes a little bit here and there, but overall it's like, if you want to rank for real estate, the same principles apply to rank for real estate, but you got to make your video a little bit better than everyone else's. So always just taking the approach that you watch everyone else, you type in real estate, what are the top 10 results? Watch their videos and then make yours even better. Right. So that when someone clicks yours, they're going to watch for longer. They're going to subscribe. They're going to like the video. They're going to engage with it uh, and keep doing that. Yeah. My take has always been, and tell me if you agree or not, is like, you obviously, if you're coming up in YouTube, and this was true for me, like you don't want to try and do what, you know, you do or, or Kevin does or, you know, one of these other guys, like, it's great to watch their videos and learn, but you know, if you're going to try and make the same exact content, they're just going to watch you. Like, what's the point of watching some new guy who has no, you know, following yet or anything else. So it's like, I think if you're going to get in the space, whether your niche is real estate or stocks or, you know, any niche, you have to be like different in some way. Do you agree? Yes and no. Uh, so it's complicated for me because I feel like when I first started, there was, there's nobody in the finance space. And I got in thinking I was too late that YouTube was already saturated, but I was like, well, there's not a lot of finance content. So like, maybe that could, you know, I could just talk about that and uh, I'll be able to stand out because maybe there are like five people making videos on, on finance. That was it. Right. Uh, the big guys were like Ty Lopez and Grant Cardone. Those were the only uh, finance guys uh, that had any sort of following Gary V kind of, but his was more of like the hustle entrepreneur. Uh, for real estate, it was only Grant Cardone. Patrick bet David a little bit. Um, but that was really it. I mean, there were a few big guys on there with like big teams. And so my approach was, well, I'm going to take the opposite of that. I'm just a guy making videos for fun. I don't have a business. I have nothing to sell. It's just right. it's what I enjoy talking about. And that uh, there's only a few people on YouTube at the time that were doing that. Now, it's I see the people who basically just take my video copy it but they don't do as good of a job on it and so those videos just never take off right i've also seen channels gain a lot of success like a ton of success um sometimes even they get even more views than my videos do right and i'm not going to call anybody out but they'll basically take my video paraphrase the entire thing (laughs) take the almost the exact title almost the exact uh, thumbnail except with their face on it (laughs) and their videos will do better than the videos that I did. And their content is like almost the same thing. Mm. Uh, but that's just the nature of YouTube. So it's like, I look at that and I'm like, I don't like, you know, hate on it, but I look at that and be like, how did, how did that video do better? Is, yeah. Did that, do they have better watch time? Uh, was this appealing to their audience a little bit more? Did they make it funnier? Uh, so I watched those videos and I'm like, well, maybe I could remake mine. <laughs> do mine a little bit better. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So like it's, it's possible, but like if you take inspiration from someone else's video, you have to make it better because otherwise then it's just, you're wasting your time. Right. You're gonna have to tell me off camera who, who the copycats sure. are. <laughs> I need for studying purposes. Sure, yeah, yeah, I need sure. to see how they're doing it yeah. better. Um, no, I like that, man. And I think it's interesting because, you know, you, you mentioned real estate and other stuff. And when guys like you and meet Kevin were coming up, like you guys were kind of the pioneers of, um, being the, like you said, just the guys making content, right? Mm-hmm. You're not like this big company like Grant Cardone or Gary Vee. 
you guys were just normal dudes who made content. You enjoyed it. And then, you know, in turn, it's made you guys ultra successful. Entrepreneurs, if you want to grow your business, there is no better investment than your own personal brand. The smartest thing I ever did was start creating content and investing into my brand. Ever since then, we've been able to triple our business. I've been able to raise more money than ever to continue buying more real estate. And it's all because I create content just like this. Now, a lot of people have asked me, Ryan, how am I supposed to do it? I don't know where to start. I don't know who's going to edit it. I don't know even what kind of setup or camera or anything to do. Well, here's the thing. We can help you with all of that at Pineda Media. We have a podcast checklist that you can actually get for free at PinedaMedia.com that's going to go over everything you need on starting a podcast. But to make matters even better, we'll actually edit your podcast for you. We'll repurpose it into short form clips like you see on my Instagram and my TikTok so that people will start seeing those clips and watching your podcast and in turn being customers or investors in your business. So if you want the one-stop solution where you can get everything done for you, plus get the education you need to grow your personal brand, then you need to go to PinedaMedia.com and book a free call with our team. You can also go get that free podcast checklist and that training program absolutely free by just going there. So go check it out. What I noticed about you and Kevin was you guys started out as real estate guys and then slowly transitioned to being just more broad news-based stuff. Mm. Like, Tell me about that evolution. Yeah. Well, when I first started making YouTube videos, I was full-time real estate agent with the Oppenheim Group. And, uh, you know, that was all I would talk about because I would basically, I'd work all day as a real estate agent. I would look for rental properties to buy on the side and I would make videos on things that I knew about, which was, uh, you know, credit card churning, real estate and real estate investing. That was all my content. Um, but I realized pretty quickly that, well, within about a year that, uh, it wasn't just real estate was too small. And if I wanted to continue growing, there was only an audience of maybe, you know, a few hundred thousand people at the very most who wanted real estate. And that right. was it. Um, and a lot of the content with real estate is so evergreen <laughs> that it's not like I could make a real estate video, uh, you know, three times a week. Like here's real estate, real estate, real estate. It's just, doesn't it doesn't change. change. Yeah. Right. So even for me, even making one real estate video a week, it's a lot because it's just, Nothing changes. Right. So I realized that it's not just like real estate. It's then what do you do with the money that you make from real estate? And then that's where I got into the whole like financial independence space. And then when I was doing like the retire early stuff, then it became, well, not just about retiring early. It's then about having the freedom. How do you get the freedom? Well, that's passive income. So then I would talk about passive income. And then it's what do you do with that passive income or how, how, how could you transition that? And then it's also the stock market or, or how to build wealth, uh, personal finance tips. And basically the more broad I went, the bigger the audience grew. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I didn't want to just be like the real estate guy or the stock guy or anything. I just figured anything involving money because that, that at the end of the day is, is money. Yeah. So, yeah, no. And I could definitely see that, um, in my own channel, like, you know, I think, I've got 160,000 subs now and I do feel like I've hit the cap for kind of like what real estate is for the most part, you know? Um, and so, you know, the decision I've been thinking about is like, okay, what's the next path do I want to take? Do I want to, you know, go ultra broad and, you know, try and talk about, you know, current events and news and other stuff. And then I just realized I'm like, yeah, I just don't want to do it. Like, I just don't want to research and, you know, stay up to date with like what's happening. I just, 
I'm like, yeah, if I can't make, if I can't script the video in five minutes, I don't want to make it. Like that's just kind of like my MO now. So I, I don't know. I've kind of just transitioned into documenting my life, kind of like what Gary Vee does, mm-hmm. where I'm just like, oh, I bought this house, I bought this apartment, or I started a new business, or, you know, we did this. And it's probably not like the best approach to grow huge. But what I've seen is just like, I mean, 160,000 isn't like a small number, but I've seen that the niche <laughs> makes it so that with my businesses, like they're really devoted and loyal. Yeah. I've noticed that basically, unless yet, unless you F up, uh, 5% of your audience is going to watch whatever you, whatever you post. So you could post like a pile of dog crap. <laughs> 5% of people, this is the best content I've ever seen. Like they'll, <laughs> they'll love it. Uh, so if you cater to that 5%, sure. It's really hard to grow that 5%. And, and, and it, Usually to grow that 5%, you have to make the broader content that appeals to new people. You reach a cast a new net. Yeah. And, you know, of those hundred people, you know, five more are going to join that group. Right. So, so you're really, (laughs) so you're just really depending on the 5% um, of your audience. You're like, dude, I can bank those views. And well, in a way I've almost got like that. It sounds like a sales funnel of uh, like YouTube channels or the main channel. I have a really dedicated audience, especially in the comments section which is something that I'm so proud of because I've spent for the first, uh, I answered every comment up until I hit a million subscribers and I made it like, it was almost like an OCD compulsion where I I wouldn't go to bed until I answered all the comments and I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning until I answered all the comments. And so I would wake up an hour early every morning on my phone. I'd stay in bed, just answering comments, go to bed, answering comments. That was it. Um, so we cultivated a really great community between myself and like everyone who comments. Um, but, from that main channel, then we also have the second channel, the Graham Stephan show, which is just reactions. Cause I wanted to, I, I looked up to like Cody Co and I loved his reactions that he were doing. I thought it was so funny. So I thought, well, if I could apply that to finance content, then I could build out that audience too. So then I've noticed a, a transition from like some of the main channel, go to the second channel. And then we started the podcast and then we noticed, oh wow. Some of the people from the main channel, second channel are then funneling into the podcast. Right. And then from the podcast, we got, uh, you know, this, the family vlog channel, which I'm still trying to figure out what, what, what's going on with that. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, we had this, this funnel where it's like you, you distill the audience more and more and more. And then the Stefamily is really like the core people. Yeah. Dad, where, if you watch this, this the Stefamily, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're like a fan. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So we usually get anywhere from like 20 to 50,000 views a video on this Stefamily. And those are the people who, um, uh, will watch it. I don't want to say we'll watch anything, but, uh, but just care about you enough to see what's going on in your personal life. Right. But so, you know, my strategy on YouTube is basically to, to whatever you're interested in, hopefully if it's personal finance related, you, you, you enjoy some part of it. A lot of people say, listen, I've outgrown the main channel. I, I figured I, I've, I've known everything on there. I've extracted all the data that I could learn from that, but I loved the iced coffee hour because I hear a new perspective on things and every guest has a different story. So we like, we really like that. And funny enough, it seems like the Ice Coffee Hour, it's it's a lot of you like big YouTubers watch the Ice Coffee Hour. Like I was shocked to hear that like Zach King listens to the Ice Coffee. Like, like that's a part of his like Sunday routine. Same with like FaZe Rug, who who mentioned like he listens to it. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Or like Tanner Fox, they'd listen to the Ice Coffee Hour, blown away. And uh, I'm sure if we really go into the numbers, it's like how many people really watch the Ice Coffee Hour just because it's like it, they feel like uh 
they get a different perspective on things. So yeah, and I think you know, looking at the iced coffee hour, how many subs do you have on it now? Two hundred six. Two hundred six. So like, I think if you looked at, I, I guess your most valuable subscribers, they're probably on the iced coffee yes. hour. Yeah. Because, you know, that's something that we look at in business, too, is like, you know, you're always looking at demographics and other things. And um, in business, that's how you choose where to put your time. It's like, yeah. hey, where's where's the most valuable use of my time? And I was thinking that, you know, with podcast, I've seen it even with my own that, man, if somebody's willing to sit through an hour, they're pretty devoted. And also, too, um, you know, having all these cool guys you have on and cool people like they know that, hey, you know what? It's just not all about Graham now. Like I know what Graham thinks on a lot of things, but I love to hear, you know, so-and-so on this. Right. And honestly, none of that would have been possible without the credibility of the main channel. Right. Or using that to kickstart it. Because had I started up the iced coffee hour, just like, Hey, brand new to YouTube, (laughs) the iced coffee hour, no one would come on. And especially in the beginning, we purposely would have on people that uh, we knew would appeal to YouTube that people would would know them. They would click on their names. They had an interesting story. And, you know, even now we're still in a growth phase where if we want to continue with that trajectory, we have to have, we have to be strategic about who we have on. Right. So it's it's very, so we, we pre-screen a lot of our guests to make sure that we have the right people on at the right times. Right. So that we don't, uh, you know, falter. Yeah, I think with what you guys are doing with the podcast, um, you know, most of them are kind of YouTubers or, um you know, I think you guys have had a few people that aren't really on mm-hmm. YouTube, but to me, it's like, okay, this is definitely the spot. If you want to hear like YouTubers raw, you know, and, and see how they really think and other things Because right. When you make a 10 minute video, you're not getting like the full personality of somebody. It's more like to me, a script and it's, it's like acting versus the podcast is very real. And you're like, Oh, like that's how that guy naturally is. It's, it's yeah. usually different than, um, a 10 minute video where you got to like hype yourself up and like <laughs> get going. Yeah. But it's also very interesting that a lot of those people want to talk about money and business, but they can't on their platform because it's so different. So imagine if someone like, you know, uh, so-and-so is, you know, has a channel that appeals to millions of people. They can't say, hey, guys, here's my, how much money I make because it's that's not their style. It's not their demographic. But on the Ice Coffee Hour, they could talk about all of those things because it's someone else asking them those questions and it just comes up in context. Yeah. So when are you going to get uh, Mr. Beast on the Ice Coffee Hour, dude? We'll have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. His schedule is so busy though. That dude's crazy. So we had his manager on, uh, who is amazing, but uh, yeah, we got to get him on. But, but the thing is too, I, I look at this and Colin and Samir did a podcast with Mr. Beast so well. Sometimes I look at that. I'm like, wow, geez, if I, if I what, can't make what, mine better <laughs> then you know, what's the point? And so sometimes I see other people's videos. I'm like, that was a perfect video. I can't do it better than that. So I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Well, you can ask him about, uh, you know, his squid game video. Like yeah. there's new updates on sure, what that's he's true. doing. That was, that was crazy by the way. Yeah. I can't like that broke YouTube's record. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What well, was a hundred million views in 48 hours? <laughs> uh, what well, you know, it was crazy. I think it was that that got more views the first week than the actual squid games on Netflix. But then again, you can't compare, you know, eight hours of content with 20 minutes. Right. But still, I mean, just, for Mr. Beast to do that with a month worth of work on a fraction of the budget is, is and, and get more views overall is just incredible. Yeah. Somebody was telling me Squid Games was like, or Netflix was trying to sue him or something. I don't know if that's true. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's, because he's Mr. Beast. I bet anyone would be like, hey, he can, I'm going to sue. 
just because he's Mr. Beast and yeah. what it's so from, from my perspective, yeah. it's like, dude, he just brought squid games, even more attention. I agree. Like that was free marketing, hundred yeah. million views. Well, that's how I feel about a lot of music too. Like, uh, I think a lot of, you know, how SoundCloud was, was really big. Well, I think TikTok is going to be like the next big segue for a lot of musicians. And like, it seems like on YouTube, they're like, you can't use that because that's my music. You can't like, it's great promotion. Is, it's like, dude, yeah, you could, if you're a no-name musician, if you get one song that goes viral on yes, TikTok, you're known. You've made your career. And if you could continue that, oh gosh. I mean, just the the billions of views that you could get every month. Like uh, there, there's one, a uh, uh, Madonna remix of her song Frozen. And uh, gosh, this guy blew up on YouTube. He's got millions of subscribers now. Uh, and he blew up on t- because of his remix of Madonna on TikTok that everyone is using now when they go to these like really cool locations where they're like running off a cliff and it's Madonna's Frozen remix. Well, you know what's funny yeah. is, uh, you know, obviously people are getting really <laughs> famous on TikTok, like out of nowhere, right? You see like Addison Ray, she just signed, you know, did a movie on Netflix. You see Bella Porch and, you know, they're making music now, right? Yeah. Um, but it's funny because I think the very first person to really go viral on a platform and, and like make a huge career out of it was Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber got um, found on YouTube. Yeah. He was just, I don't know, just you know, singing some song, and Usher saw him, and then boom. And I remember hearing that story. You know, he was like what, 12, 13 something years old. Like that, yeah. And it's just like, dang, he got found on YouTube. And back at then, that was like a crazy thing. Yeah. And then now today it's like, oh, well, of course, that's yeah. how you get found. Yeah. So But I could see that happening on TikTok. I think especially with musicians. I think that I don't think it's been I don't want to say that. I don't think it's been an easier time for music, but in terms of going from nothing to a hundred really quickly. I agree. It yeah. is the easiest time to be yeah. a musician because you don't need management the way you used to, to, you know, go sign a deal and, you know, make things happen. Like, dude, you just put your stuff out of the world and you're going to get people stomping at yeah. your door. I remember. Yeah. Well, I remember too, this was like 10 years ago. Drake was like one of the first guys to really do that. I remember he put out, his mixtapes was like 2008, 2009. And I remember hearing his mixtapes. I'm like, this guy, this guy is cool. And then I remember there was this huge frenzy of like, you know, Lil Wayne and Rick Ross and all these guys trying to sign him. And he didn't have to go the route of like all these other guys where they signed for pennies. He's like, dude, you guys are about to pay me a boatload of money. Like off the bat. Yeah. The only difference now is that I feel like musicians also have to be great marketers. And if Drake didn't have Degrassi, would he have still had the same success? Because that that at least got him through the door. Because I remember hearing his first few songs be like, oh, that's that's Drake from Degrassi? Right. What? Yeah. And I was like, but the music's good. How is he able to do this? Yeah, because he and just like, plays such a nerdy guy. On, yeah. yeah. He's like, this uh, guy's a rapper? <laughs> but But he was able to use that as like his catalyst to getting in a lot of these places. So I feel like now as a musician, like you need that little boost or you need some, you need to be good at marketing. Otherwise, uh, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And the thing I always tell people is like content is marketing, right? Like you're marketing something, whether you're trying to get people to subscribe and get more views or whether you're marketing your business or you're marketing, you know, your company so people can come work for you. Like there's, there's always something that your video is trying to market to. And so it's like understanding what you're trying to do with all your content. Um, but I think, Speaking of TikTok, you and I had this conversation when we first met, you know, you, when was this? This was, I think, you gave me my viral video, man. I went from nothing 
Well, not nothing. I think I had like a few thousand subscribers on followers on TikTok. Yeah. 250,000 within like a few days. Yeah. We, because we made a bet live video. Yeah. We were like, I was like, show people what you make on YouTube. And I guarantee you, you're going to get millions of views. And how many views did it get? Uh, 17 million views. 17 you, million. You said a million views. I it's, said at least a million. Yeah. And it yeah. did 17 million views. That's crazy, yeah. dude. So me, you should just give me an idea. What's your next idea? What should I do on TikTok? Well, you know, what's funny is like my TikTok has changed. You know, when I first met you, I, I was trying to build my TikTok platform. And so every day I filmed two TikToks a day and I edited them myself on the phone. I just did them selfie style, whatever. And that built me up a few hundred thousand or followers. And I was like, dude, I'm like kind of burnt out of this. And luckily I started doing the podcast. And so I found a really good guy who could cut up my podcast and then just make them into TikToks. And so for like the last half a million followers, I haven't even made TikToks. They're just cut up the best conversations. How many, how many do you have now on TikTok? Like 920. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. So we're almost in a million. The goal is to get to a million by the end of the year. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's literally without really any effort. I'm sure that there's going to be a TikTok that we do from this podcast that's going to do over a million views. It's probably this conversation right now. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, guys. Prove me wrong. Make sure you guys share this video on TikTok. Um, but yeah, so I don't do much thinking on like TikTok ideas anymore because the team just kind of takes the best clips. But I would say for you, man, like the funny thing about TikTok, you kind of mentioned it with YouTube earlier of like uh, somewhat copying, um, you know, successful videos and mm -hmm. stuff. You already had a 17 million view video. Just do it again. Do an update. Oh, geez, really? Yeah. More it, this is like the same thing, but maybe not. Yeah, but that was like over yeah. a year ago. Right. If you just do it again, yeah. I guarantee you. It's the same though. A million like, plus. My income is the same. People don't know that. People have never seen that video. It's old now. Just like you remake Gosh. videos on YouTube, you know, a year later with an update. This is an update. All right. All right. You think another million views? At least a million. Oh, come on. But, okay. but now you have like a high ceiling to break. <laughs> you know, you got to beat 17 million. All right. So I think TikTok's great. Um, I'm just curious, like, why you haven't put more effort into it? Because, like, you're saying, like, I believe in it. And then at the time, I think over a year ago, you were like, eh, I don't care. Yeah, no, I really believe in it. Uh, you know, it was uh, who really kind of solidified that was Erica Kohlberg. I'm sure yep. if you've seen her content. But, yeah, she had the one, like, uh, you know, where did you learn about this? I learned about it from Erica. Yeah. Subscribe for more, like, something like that. And uh, now everyone copies that that format, but her video got like 60, 70 million views. She's gone from <laughs> nothing to five and a half million followers on TikTok, from nothing to, you know, uh, what was it, a million Instagram followers. Right. It's nuts. But seeing to, that she found a format that works and just continued it, uh, for me, it's just... I don't know. I just, I, I have a hard time getting into it. And for me, it's, it's all about like what I'm interested in. I, I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok. Right. Um, I'm just not that excited about it. Like, I know I should be. It's like, you know, you should be going to the gym every day. Like, that's <laughs> a good thing to do. I just can't get into it. I don't know why there's just, there's a block that just, you, you know, what's funny is, it. um, yeah. so I was hanging out with Erica, um, at FinCon in Austin, Texas. Yeah before she blew up and she was asking me about TikTok and business and stuff. Um, her and I've been doing some different business things and she posted that first video. And I think she had like 250,000 followers. Mm. 
And uh, she texts me and she's like, dude, this is crazy. Like I went from zero to 250 in like a week. Yeah. And I, I took a look at it because I'd seen it. And I go, literally just remake that video over and over again. And I was like, you'll be, I guarantee you, you're going to be over a million in a month. Mm-hmm. But she like shattered what yeah, I thought. I know. And uh, it's funny just like seeing it. I'm like, and that, that was the point is like, dude, when you get a successful video, just literally remake it over and over again. Like that's all these TikTokers do, you know, and to a degree, I mean, it's, it's what YouTubers do too. It's like, you know, I remember watching Kevin when he started blowing up last year, you know, he makes a stimulus video and then, you know, he makes another one and another one. And he's yeah. like, he took it to the extreme of like, I'll yeah. just make five of these a day. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, that that's yeah. literally how you take that idea of just doing that's the same true. thing over and over and just dominating. That's true. Part of me, it's just, I've gotten to a point now where I just, I feel like repeating myself. I'm just, I'm getting kind You're bored. of, I, yeah. And I can't bring myself to do, I know I should. And uh, you know what? For you, I'm going to do it again on TikTok. <laughs> do it, dude. So for you, I'm going to, I'm going to share I'll, it. I'll do it. We're going to blow Thanks. it up. So I'll do that. <laughs> uh, the only TikTok idea that I was actually excited about, uh, and this might be super lame, be honest with me about this idea, but because I got this like 13 foot Christmas tree. It's like, it's crazy when you actually like get side by side, like it, it doesn't show well on camera, but uh, I've got everybody's reaction coming in the house. Like, Oh wow. That's, that's great. Like, and I got like five reactions like that. So I thought it would be fun to do a TikTok about the biggest Christmas tree that I could find. Show the reactions. Oh wow. Wow. Before I show the tree, then show the tree with like everyone standing next to it, looking up and, I don't yeah. know if that, and I thought like around the holidays it might do, but maybe that's boring. I don't know. Be be honest. Maybe um, that's I've I've seen anything go viral on TikTok, especially Christmas season. Yeah. So I think you'd have to do it pretty soon, though. Yeah, Christmas yeah. is coming I would do up. this week. Yeah, but, I like the idea. I think though you can make the YouTube video in five minutes, and yes. uh, <laughs> it's going to get millions. But what could I do beyond the YouTube video? Um, you know what I would do, dude. Yeah. Uh, two different things. One, I think you could just copy me and just repurpose what you've already got, right? Just find a guy who's really good at taking your existing content and turning it into TikToks. That way it doesn't really take any more time out of your day. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what I did. Uh, the second thing I think you could do is just kind of take the key points um, from your YouTubes and make them into one minute, you know? Because, you know, like a lot of times, right? There's like three bullet points. Yes. You know, just hit them in one minute. <laughs> the market's doing this. Here's why, you know, whatever, right? Watch this to see what stock you should pick. And then you do it. You yeah. just take, because now you're not even creating a new idea. You're just making two versions of it. The 10 minute and the yeah. one minute. Are TikToks ever evergreen? Like, let's say five passive income ideas to make $1,000 a month. Can I, is that the video that I could make once and then it just keeps getting recommended? Or is it like you post a video, <laughs> gets pushed for a week, it's done? Well, there's no SEO like there is on YouTube where people can go search for that video you're just banking on the algorithm showing it, you know, and, and the algorithm does show videos from months ago. Mm-hmm. I'll have videos that, you know, whatever, they got a certain amount of views and then I'll look at them a month or two later. I'm like, how did this get so many views? It just went viral. And, um, so that can happen, but it's just not search based. Got it. So I would need to continually remake content to get it pushed. Right. Okay. But I think too, and this is my opinion is that, TikTok, 
you know, when you have people like Erica and stuff who like really have a viral video, your next videos, they're just going to like push it out because yes. they know. And, you know, you had the 17 million one. And so like, I think to me, and I don't know for sure, but I think TikTok has a tab of, you know, people that they want to see succeed. I think you'd probably be one of those people. Um, and I actually had a TikTok expert on here that um, was talking about this. He was like, yeah, internally, TikTok has said like a lot of things um, about the algorithm that whereas YouTube's like very mysterious, TikTok is very forthcoming with like what they want to see. And um, we were talking about it on the podcast, like they have like a beauty filter, like they know when there's an attractive person sure. making content and they like want to push that. <laughs> so it's crazy, dude. You know what? I, uh, we could try this you and I, if you're interested, but I did a video with Zach King and this is the last video I did on TikTok. It did one, 1. 1.6 million views. And all I did, and I just went up, said, uh, Zach, how much money do you make? And he, and he answered it. And then we, and he basically showed me his TikTok thing, which, which was kind of cool where Part of part of me thinks it went viral because of how low the amount was. I think it was like five to twenty dollars, or like five to fifteen dollars a day. Yeah, for Zach King, and and so maybe it was that, but maybe that's a cool format. Hey, how much money do you make? Like you know yeah. the, the 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 car guy was in Daniel something. Uh, yeah, yeah, Daniel Mac. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you do for a living? Yeah, maybe I could be like, hey, how much money do you make? You should. I mean, yeah. you should just ask, and it doesn't have to be on TikTok. It could be you asking the YouTubers. It could be you asking TikTok, whatever, right? Yeah. Wealth Builders, if you are trying to grow your real estate investing business, then you need to join us at Wealthy Investor. If you have no idea what Wealthy Investor is, it is our coaching program and community. We have helped thousands of students worldwide grow their business. Now, it doesn't matter if you're just getting started and you're trying to get that first deal. We can help you do that. If you're trying to scale your business and go from a few deals a year to a few deals a month or even seven figures a year, we can help you do that too. In fact, last year alone, we had over 30 students do over a million dollars in revenue. And I'd love for you to be the next one. So it's pretty simple. If you're trying to grow your business and wholesale more homes or flip more homes or buy more rental properties, then you need to go to wealthyinvestor.com and book a free call with our team. It's super simple. We'll go on a strategy call with you and figure out how we can help you grow according to your needs. So all you got to do is go to wealthyinvestor.com, book the free call with the team, and we'll see you there. You know, you've made your mark doing content and, uh, you know, that's served you obviously really well. And now you're starting to transition into starting businesses and investing in businesses. So tell me about like what those businesses are and how you're doing them. Yeah. The first one was uh, Yada Bank. <laughs> that was like a, like an angel investment. And that was just a company that I saw a video on on YouTube and I really, I thought they were so cool. So I downloaded it and I <laughs> loved it and I used it myself. I reached out to the creator with Ask Sebi and I told him, Hey, I watched your video on it. I love it. It's such a cool company. Like, thanks for the recommendation. And he put me in touch with the, the uh, creator of the company. Turned out they were raising their, like one of their early rounds of funding. And I was like, I want in on this. And so that was my first like experience investing in something like that. And Ask Sebi, really was so helpful, like walking me through it because it's so different than anything else. But that's what got me really excited. Like, wow, these are all these companies that like I could use and like that I enjoy and I could put my money in them instead of in stocks or in real estate. It's just different. Well, you're putting so, it into a company that you have, you know, knowledge in. Yeah. Like 
intimate knowledge. Right. So, so I started doing that and, uh, you know, I think I got like five or six of them now that I've just invested into some, some as little as like 10 grand. Uh, others are, are gosh, probably now in like the low seven figures, uh, just in various companies. But, uh, I really enjoyed that. And that was, and that was fun. And at the same, really around the same time is that we uh, started bankroll coffee, which, uh, you know, I, I love coffee and my whole thing was, I just want to sell really, not really cheap, but I want to sell coffee at cost that, uh, it's, it's the cheap, I believe it's the least expensive coffee delivered to your door. Mm. We have free shipping over $35, which is basically like our low, or I think it's like 30 bucks, our lowest that we could go without actually losing money on the deal <laughs> with free shipping. So, uh, so we've been doing that. I mean, it's obviously not as cheap as going to the grocery store, but like considering that you're getting it shipped and it's a premium coffee, uh, roasted in California and then just like shipped the next day. But it's, that's been fun. And, uh, that's cool to have something like you put your own name on it. And I, that's all I drink now is my own coffee. Right. Which is cool. But, uh, people really like it. And so our goal is to grow the subscription base. So, uh, a lot of the coffee sometimes will sell it like a bit of a loss. Like we did a Black Friday deal where we sold our coffee at like a dollar loss per bag at like $3 and 99 cents uh, for a premium coffee. And uh, our goal was that people would like it enough to then subscribe and get it on like a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly basis. Yeah. So we just want to grow the subscribers right now. Yeah. So with growing the subscribers, obviously the, the business has more value and everything, even if it's not making money yet, yeah. right? The goal is like growth. Yeah. So do you guys plan to, you know, grow it to a certain level before you're able to get economies of scale and start being more profitable? Pretty much. Like, uh, you know, people pay a lot of money for marketing in the very beginning. Well, our marketing is basically, hey, let's just not make any money on it. Yeah. So that's, that's a, it's a good pitch. The customer, <laughs> the customer likes it because they're saving money. And for us, it's like, so what? Like, it's not like, we're going to be, it's not life-changing if we're going to make an extra dollar a bag of coffee. So we may as well just yeah. give it back. But and once you uh, have yeah. 100,000 subscribers, there'll, then it changes. There'll be a point where, the, like right now, coffee prices are actually going up. So like we, we, we are forced to raise our prices. And I think I mentioned this in a video. And uh, I was like, guys, like, we're not going to raise our prices through the end of the year, even though it's now costing us like 70 cents a bag more. Um, or it's like $1.30 a bag more. And I was shocked that everyone was like, raise your prices like raise or yeah. like do this i would gladly pay more stop like stop don't don't so, yeah yeah make which, a smart business decision right which right. i was shocked at i thought everyone would be like oh graham thanks so much for not but everyone's like raise the price i'll pay more uh so that was good to hear well but yeah and i've actually wondered this about you many times is like you know i think obviously you've you've built this uh I don't want to say caricature, but like of being cheap and like, you know, being the guy who's not going to spend money and save yeah. and everything else. And it's made me wonder about, you know, potential products and businesses and services you're going to have in the future, right? Like this is the first wave and it kind of confirmed it of like, Hey, we want to be the cheapest. Like that's the brand. We want to give the best value for the lowest price. Yes. You know, um, do you, obviously you're very concerned about like even raising it a dollar. Right. And so, how do you see that with like running businesses going forward between like wanting to represent, you know, your personal brand well as being, I, I would call it the people's champ, yeah. you know, versus, Hey dude, I got to make smart business decisions. Like this is not, Tough. well, you know, everything I've always started just because I've been really like obsessed and passionate with it. 
and they've always done well, like with the YouTube channel, like I wasn't making any money for the first, like really two years compared to what I was doing as a real estate agent, but I just liked it. Yeah. So I always just assume that if you have a good product and you're really into it, it's just naturally going to do well. So I've never really focused much on like making the smart business choices because <laughs> like, usually I feel like the smart business choice is just to be really passionate about it. Um, and if you are, then you'll do the things that tend to make more money. But yeah, no, they'll, there's got to be a point where we got to raise prices and uh, or we got to We got to build in a little bit more margin. Now, we do have margin like like a, a good, healthy profit on like accessories. So when people buy a mug, we have higher markups on mugs or like straws yeah. and different things like that. So we that, merch. That, right. So that's yeah. generally where like we'll make some money back is like we'll sell the coffee. The coffee could be a loss leader. But if they order the mug. Yeah. And they spent over 30 with the free shipping. Then we can make, make money. money that we could reinvest. But it's like buying a new car with the warranty. They make yeah. their money on the warranty. Right. So at, at some point, my, my goal is that like, you know, if we get tens of thousands of people on a subscription, even if it's a small amount, spread that throughout so many people who have it on a recurring basis, uh, would give us a lot more value and leverage. Right. And so at that point, um, you know, either we just continue <laughs> on that trajectory or, uh, you know, maybe partner with a bigger brand. I have no clue. But I just leave it like to me, if it if it nothing happens with it, great. If if something happens to it and, you know, it's we all partner great. with someone else and they, <laughs> they, you know, buy 50 percent of it. Cool. Well, that's what I was thinking is like, you know, eventually if you guys do take it to the next level, you'll end up being acquired or you'll get some new you know investors. And, you know, at that point, they're going to want to make better business decisions. <laughs> more yeah, profitable ones. We, yeah, we don't want to raise any money because we don't need to. Right. So my thing is like the fewer people, the fewer cooks in the kitchen, the better. And if, right. if we don't need to raise money, if it's something we could do ourselves, which is we just do ourselves. So like there's no point raising money. But uh, the hardest part for me is removing myself from the brand because right now it, it helps to sell if I'm the face of it, which fine. But eventually I, I would love for this to be a coffee brand I don't think we're ever going to be in stores. It's just too expensive to be in stores. But like where people could go to bankrollcoffee.com and still buy coffee, not knowing me, like that would be the biggest compliment is right. that they have no they idea. They just like am, the brand. But they're like, oh, that's a cool bag of coffee. I saw it at someone's house because the packaging is really cool. I just wanted to buy it. Yeah. That no, was it. I love that. I've thought about that too with my businesses. It's like, you know, I am the face of all of them and I market for all of them. And, um, you know, like with Future Flipper and Education, I've thought about this and I'm like, man, at some point, if I ever wanted to step back, right? Like we have coaches and we have all these other things too, but like, could we, you know, run efficiently without me having to market it, you know? And so thinking about new strategies that aren't dependent on me is definitely what I've been thinking about as well. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Well, because, because we yeah. get all the free traffic anyway, yeah. right? Like if we go buy Facebook ads with, you know, or no name on it, just, Hey, here's future flipper. It's a, real estate education company. Here's bankroll coffee. You know, it's a coffee company, but there's no Graham. There's no Ryan. Yeah. We, we already know it's not going to do as good. No, I would look at like Grant Cardone at that. Cause he, to me, he's uh, like, especially for real estate, the biggest face of what he does. And you take him out of it. I don't know if Cardone capital, well, first of all, Cardone capital, like you have to yeah. change the name then. Yeah. Uh, but I, th I feel like if that were possible to do, he would have already done it. Maybe, but, yeah. but Grant is such an integral figure of that, that, uh, or D Dave Ramsey has been trying to do that and yeah. he's gone from, you know, the Dave Ramsey show to the Ramsey show. 
changing a lot of his stuff to the Ramsey network. Um, but now his children are kind of taking over it. Well, I think when you look at those guys compared to you and I, you and I are both low thirties. I'm 32. You're 31. One. And you know, like we're already thinking about it in our low thirties. Like those guys have been using their name for I know longer than we've been alive. Yeah. Right. That's and true. so for them, they're just kind of like, they've ridden it to the top. So you can't hate the strategy. You know, and I don't even know that Cardone wants to have his name off anything. Like he yeah, loves true. it. Yeah. You know, I agree. whereas Ramsey, I don't know, Dave, but you know, obviously he's making the moves to yeah. make it more like a legacy company, like yes. freaking Johnson and Johnson. Like, yeah, Ramsey, he was some guy. <laughs> yeah. But now this is this financial education network. So it's interesting. But I think, uh, man, there's just really nothing more powerful for a business than having, you know, a personal brand behind it. I mean, Elon Musk is no different. Right. Yeah. Like Tesla is only so valuable because Elon is the face. And if Elon were to resign tomorrow, what would happen to Tesla stock? Yeah. It'd be not but good. But you know what? Jeff Bezos walked away from Amazon. Uh, you know, when Steve Jobs passed, Tim Cook took over and those brands survived and excelled. Well, Amazon might be too, too soon, but at least with Apple. Yeah. I was shocked. And I thought originally, I'm like, oh, when is, you know, something happens to Steve Jobs. There, there goes the innovation, but Apple's continued to do well. Yeah, they have. And Tim Cook has really taken it in a good I don't direction. know that their innovation is as good anymore, because, I mean, I don't even know, other than the Apple Watch, mm. other than improving the current... Maybe they're just improving the car, but, I mean, if they do the cars, <laughs> if they do self-driving autonomous cars, Apple cars, I've, That'd be I've been thinking Apple should have gotten cars forever now. Well, I think Apple's also all these guys are focused on VR and the metaverse. So I think Apple's going to be at the forefront of that as well yeah. when it comes. Um, but I think the only difference with jobs and Bezos versus Musk is Musk has such a huge social media following that mm -hmm. those guys weren't really active outside sure. of their business. Like everyone knows, knows who they are, but it's like, does anyone really know Jeff Bezos's personality or, you know, people know Elon's a character and this dude likes memes and he's just, he'll say whatever he wants and you never know. Like he's unpredictable. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see how that goes with them. But, um, you know, Tesla obviously is doing pretty well. So whatever he's going to do, he just, just keep doing it. I know. So yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool just seeing you transition into the business side. One thing that I'm curious about for your transition is, uh, you know, time continues to go on is like, at what point do you think you'll start delegating more, you know? And cause I know you still do like almost everything yourself. Do you ever see yourself being less attached? No, I doubt it. I've, uh, Al I've been training Alex now to edit my main channel videos. Yeah. So, uh, for the last month I've, I've edited all the videos myself, but then I've paid him to edit the videos too. Just to compare. And then, and then we compare side by side to see his edits versus mine. And we try to get them as similar as possible. So now he's started to edit my main channel videos. And, uh, you know, that's freeing up, I don't know, 15 hours a week. It's a lot. I would say. Yeah, it is. It is. So that's allowed me to like do stuff like this. Um, right. Because Alex is editing a video that might post today right now. So it's, it's nice, but... Uh, I I, I kind of miss having that like uh, that bit where it's like me, you know, because f the editing for me is really creative and I, I just zone out um, and just kind of go through the motions. But you could add in your own little funny bits here and there. I still do that with Alex, but it's not the same. 
But Alex is able to put his own fun spin on things. Right. Uh, and like, I would that was say, good. Yeah. And I would mm-hmm. say that, I mean, we spend probably two hours. So he edits a video for eight hours and I'll spend another two hours with him going over it myself. You and guys like, spend 10 hours editing one video. Yeah. Holy cow. Oh yeah. Yeah. His, his portion alone is eight hours. Uh, just, he has not gotten it down yet. Eventually he'll get good enough where he can do five hours, but, uh, you know, going over it again and like every frame, I'm like, yeah, take that a little bit shorter, make that a little longer. Sometimes we'll drop the audio and extend it into the next clip. So it doesn't sound like too abrupt yeah. of a cut. We'll put pictures over certain things and I'll put my take on things. So we, we really try to craft it and make it like perfect. Right. But, um, I don't know. Uh, maybe eventually I'll get another person. <laughs> I, it's, it's just minor things. Like sometimes I just, I forget a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Uh, so if I could like snap my fingers and just pay someone to like remember everything for me, I would. But then it's managing another person. And uh, then it's like, well, I may as well just do it at that point. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, I'll attest to Graham's forgetfulness. I'll text him and then like I'll get a text back later, like two weeks later. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot know, about this. It sucks because uh, <laughs> I probably get like 30 to 40 texts a day. And it's like, and when I, pl- when I make the videos, I don't look at my phone. It's like, yeah, I'm you're very in, you're in the zone. strict about that. Uh, that the only people who get my attention really like Jack, Macy, Alex, that's it. Like even, I hate to say it, like even my mom and dad, like they'll, they'll like text during that and I'll do my best to get back to them. Right. But like, yeah, when I, when I'm during the week and I have to like get these videos out, like that, that's gotta be the priority. Like otherwise the video doesn't get done. Right. But so. I mean, at the end of the day, I, uh, for everyone listening, that is the level that it takes to be the best in your craft. You know, at the end of the day, like you've made it you know you don't have to continue being so meticulous like in my opinion even if you spent two hours on a video mm-hmm. you would still do extremely oh, well no but, no no but no, no. yeah yeah i have to be more careful now well because but my, i have to spend more time but because so many people are watching well i would just say like my point is you've only gotten to where you're at because you care that much about it right yeah. and so that you look at the greatest athletes, you look at the greatest businesses. We were talking about Steve Jobs. He was famous for being so meticulous mm-hmm. about every little detail of it. And for you to be that meticulous about your craft, you know, your video is, you know, your craft and, you know, every frame by frame, breaking it down, putting 10 hours still mm-hmm. into these videos when you could just cash it in at this point, right? Like that says a lot about why you got to where you're at. Yeah. So that's super cool, man. Yeah. I don't think I could ever outsource to that point where I could walk away or just like get a script every day and just like say the script and leave and like trust somebody, even all the, all the titles and thumbnails I do myself still. That's crazy. Every single one of them. Right. Uh, because it's gotta be perfect. If, if there's any sort of <laughs> error on a title or thumbnail, that's not perfect. There goes the entire video. It's like then it, the whole video is ruined. Right. So it's gotta be perfect. I'll say, I, I've thought about this too. It's like, I'm kind of detached. Like I take the totally opposite approach mainly because I don't enjoy editing. I don't even know how. I don't know how to make a thumbnail. I can't do any of it anyway, nor do I want to learn. Um, But when a video flops for me, I'm just like, eh, you know, whatever. Like I filmed for 20 minutes and it didn't do good. Like it is, but when you spend 10 hours editing and everything and it flops, like, that's definitely it is. devastating. Oh, and that's just editing. That's not even including planning. There's probably another eight to 10 hours of planning to go into each video with another probably two hours of filming. 
That's crazy. So there's a lot of work that goes into every single video that has walk, to be perfect. Walk me through the process. So for anyone listening, like that's 20 hours to make one video. That's yeah. a full day, right? Actually, that's two days, really. Yeah, that's why I can only post three a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how how are from start to finish? Like how are you getting the idea from conception to yeah. scripting? Usually I'll wake up around like 7 a.m. Sometimes the earliest 6, latest 7.30, you know, somewhere around there. But- I'll spend the first two hours reading everything on the internet, like everything. And, and I do that listening to meet Kevin's live stream. So, so, so you're like absorbing all this information. Yeah. Where are you Correct. like, what do you look at? What websites? Uh, well, I start with YouTube. So I'll listen to Kevin's live stream and I'll see what other people are posting on YouTube that day. Then I'll see what is getting recommended on my homepage on YouTube because that's whatever YouTube is recommending at the time. So the, like, those are the topics it thinks that people want to see the most of. Right. So I'll, I'll look at that and I'll see like what people are posting, what's getting recommended right now by YouTube. Then I will go on CNBC. I'll scroll through every single article that they posted that day, like everything. Then I do the Wall Street Journal. Then I do CNN Money. Uh, then I have this one website. I don't know what it is. I randomly came across it that aggregates all of the business articles online into one homepage. Wow. And there are updates every minute. Oh. And also, uh, yeah, seriously, because you got to think, this aggregates information from like 20 websites and post them all like consecutively when they post. So I just scroll through them and I'll see like, if does anything stand out to me that I think would be a good YouTube video or that's a cool topic? Uh, I'll go through Reddit. I'll see what people are talking about on Reddit. But just about two hours there where I just see what's going on in the day. And the worst days where it's like there's nothing going on. And I got to get a video out. Right. So on those days, I usually have a backlog of like 10 video ideas where it's like, I could post them at any point. They're more evergreen. Yeah. Like today's video is one because there's not really that much going on over the weekend. So uh, the top five credit cards to get for beginners in 2022. Like I've, I've done one of those videos a year and uh, it's a good time to get that video out because right. there's otherwise not much going on. So I'll then revert back to an evergreen video. And usually by the time I'm done with that, something will happen in the market or there's something to talk about. And then I could make a video on that. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work just to pick the top. Picking the topic is, I think, one of the hardest parts. Like once I have a topic, I could usually force myself to sit down and plan it out. Right. Uh, and it sucks because sometimes you're just not in the mood. It's just you sit there and you just, yeah, like, I know, I an hour goes by and you got nothing done. And you get, you get upset. You're just like, oh, I just wasted an hour. Like I could have done all these things an hour that I just sat here doing nothing. Right. And there are those times you just got to suck it up. And uh, usually what I've done is like, uh, I don't end my day until that video is planned. Like if, if I, like what I'll do is I'll make like a, a to-do list. And even if it's like Monday, plan a video. I do not end the day until I plan the video. Right. Like it just doesn't happen. I'll, I'll always plan it. And sometimes if I'm getting, if it's like 2 p.m. and I'm only like 10% through and what I'll do is then I'll say, well, I'll reward myself. I'll get DoorDash sushi, <laughs> 60 bucks. Yeah. But I'll get that as my reward when I finish. And I'll always finish because I want the sushi. Right. Uh, and I don't think there's ever been a time where I've set a goal like that. I just haven't done it. You find a way to do it. Yeah. So I get it planned. I think... Uh one principle I use is called Parkinson's law, which basically states that if you give yourself a certain amount of time, you will use that certain amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, for me, um, if I said, hey, I got all day to do this one video, then 
I will take all day. Yeah. It's like what kids do in school. They procrastinate till the very last minute. Um, but like, I literally don't have time to do all the content. So I'm like, Hey, I literally got an hour to film this video. And so it makes my mind think like, okay, well I only got an hour to script this thing out, come up with the idea, film it and like, let's roll. And then like, that's what we do. And what you see is based on just kind of that thought process. And, you know, I think I could do way better videos if I devoted whatever more time, but I'm like, dude, it's just not that important to me to like create the very best. I'm like, for me, I'm just like quantity over quality. I'm like Kevin at this point, like, dude, just like, let's just talk. And yeah, you know, that's, it's just easier. And, but to see like your process, um, you you use a very similar reward system of like, Hey, you know what? I got to finish by this time so I could order DoorDash and then boom, it gets done all of a sudden. Yeah. So maybe you need to like start setting lunches for yourself. Like I'm going to have, uh, whatever lunch uh, that slows me down. Okay. Any, it, it's so weird. Anytime I eat like a, a, a meal, I just slows me down. You just sit intermittent faster. Uh, not really. I like the little snacks, like cliff bars. Okay. For me. So like in the morning, just cliff bar lunch, maybe just a, really tiny salad yeah that's it so you'll you know you'll aggregate the news you'll pick what the topic is you'll spend all this time scripting it how long does it take you to actually film depends on the video and depends on uh how well i could speak it's it, i'm sure as you know there's sometimes it's like you you cannot pronounce words right and you'll say the same sentence 20 times and you just can't get it right <laughs> so how is I, it when you edit those where you're just like it's easy because I look, I don't, I edit, I will, I do the initial cuts my, myself based on the audio clips. So right. you could tell based on the audio. So I don't even, so let's say I spend five minutes trying to get like one paragraph. You just see all the times I try to say the same thing and I just go to the very end. So it doesn't, it. it doesn't add any extra time okay. the more takes I do. It's just more time filming. That shows my editing experience. I, yeah. I had no idea. I don't listen to any of the takes. I just know the last time I say something is the one I'm going to use. So right. I keep saying it until I'm like, all right, that was the one. Okay. But yeah, um, some videos, maybe an hour. So you're like, your 15 minute videos on average, right? Uh, 15 minute video on average, an hour and a half, because sometimes they're, it'll take an hour. Sometimes it'll take two and a half hours. It just depends. Sometimes and you'll just keep the camera rolling and you're just, yeah. you know, trying to get the best take. Yeah, and, it. So, and sometimes it's like you're in the flow and uh, like, Usually what I'll do is I, I have a script off to the side, like word by word. You word by word every script. Every script. So every Dang. word I say is carefully thought out and planned. Because like what I do when I when I do a script, I'll write it out. I'll take a 10-minute break. Or like I'll go to the gym or something. And then I come back and I read the script out loud as though I'm I'm saying it for a video. Because sometimes you'll you'll write something and it sounds good, but then you'll read it back and you're like, well, I've reused this word too often. So let me find a different word to say here that means the same thing. Where this sentence is kind of repetitive, so I edit basically my speech by speaking it out loud, and like I'll just delete things, or if something isn't clear, I'll go and I'll, I'll clarify it. But yeah, so I speak it out loud, and then that way, by the time I film it, I've already spoken through the entire thing myself. I know it flows well, and I just got to say it and I got to deliver it. So what I do is like if the camera's here, I'll have my phone like off to the side, like you can't see it, right? But I'll memorize a paragraph, or I'll memorize like one to five sentences that I want to say. And uh, I'll just repeat it back to the camera. So I look at the script, do it again. Yeah, so there's never like a teleprompter or anything, but like, and, and it sounds better that I memorize it because then I speak it sometimes in my own words. It's not always like 
word by, by word. word. Right. But I'll be able to say it naturally in a way that like it sounds like I'm talking. Right. No, that's that's amazing, dude. Like I think um I, I use bullet points mainly, but uh very much the same. Like I'll read a bullet point, I'll sit I'll look at it, I'll say, okay, then I'll freestyle the bullet point, look at the next bullet point, freestyle. And I found for me, I tried to use the teleprompter one time and it was so fake. Like yep. I was just like a news anchor. Yep. And I'm like, dude, just give me the bullet points and you I'll gotta, speak it in yeah, my own words. You got to practice using the <laughs> teleprompter. It's hard. Yeah. Um, so uh, Kevin used to use a teleprompter and I couldn't even tell because of how good he was. Yeah. And I was Kevin shocked. could be on CNBC. Yes. <laughs> but but Kevin could go either way, which which is unique because I've seen Kevin do his unscripted videos where he literally just records and talks for yeah. 20 minutes and it's perfect. But I've also seen him with some videos do the teleprompter. I can't tell the difference because he's that good at the teleprompter that uh, it's just practice. Yeah. But you can't tell. We got to um, spend a whole day together. Um, maybe, I don't know, this is like a month or two ago. I remember when he came to visit. Yeah. yeah. So he came to visit and I showed him some flips and some rentals and uh, my mountain where I'm building my house. And uh, yeah, just seeing him free flow. Like we didn't have an agenda. It was just like, hey, you want to freestyle this? Yep. All right, me too. Let's do it. And then it came out good. Yeah. So I love that video, by the way. Thank you, man. Really good. It was, it was a good video. Kevin's uh, he's a nut, dude. Yeah, he's funny. All right. As we wrap up, dude, I got one final question for you. Yeah, obviously, you know, you love YouTube. You're doing exactly what you want to do. You know, you just walked us through that entire thought process. But if you were to stop doing YouTube today, what would you be doing? That's a great question. I like that a lot. Um, I'm not exactly sure yet because, uh, I, I I couldn't physically like do nothing. Right. And I couldn't, I can't just relax. I always love to be working on something. Uh, I love the uh, reef aquarium that I have. I like, I don't know if I, what, I, how much more I could tinker with it though. Um, I don't know why, but lately, and I brought up the music thing, but lately uh, I've thought about doing music. Really? Know, do you yeah. play? What do you, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played the piano since I was a kid. Mm. Uh, drums have been the. You got big that big baby grand, right? Or is it yeah. a full grand? It's full grand. Full grand, right? Yeah, seven, seven foot four. Yeah. It looks small in that room, though. Yeah. Um, but I would love, and, and this is why I actually mentioned uh, the designer. I wanted to turn that garage into another studio, but like I wanted to put a drum set in there, um, grab a guitar, get a keyboard in there with a bass and just and make music. Have a legit so, garage band. Right. Like the actual garage band. But uh, like I, I look at uh, like Dave Grohl being able to play everything himself. And, uh, you know, I really admire that. Or like Nine Inch Nails where he does it all himself. Um, but like, I don't know. So I think that would be if, if I were to stop doing YouTube, I'd probably go full time in music and just, I don't know. And, and that's why I was mentioning like the TikTok thing. But yeah. Uh, you're, gonna, you're you know what i retract what i said about tiktok yeah, your, your yeah. viral tiktoks are going to be your music career dude yeah i mean you're going to change your bio to musician yeah youtuber but, but like i i think how cool would that be to transition from like finance to to music like two totally opposite sides of the spectrum but it would but part of me thinks it would also be really cool to go full circle because in high school i wanted to be i wanted to be a musician in high school like i played the drums and i was in a in, in a band and I decided not to pursue the band. It was the toughest thing ever because I was afraid of not making enough money mm. to be able to pursue that career. And right. I remember like, uh, 
that just seeing, uh, we'd play shows on like the Sunset Strip in LA and seeing these fantastic musicians, like they were so talented, but they were like living in their vans yeah, and they had nothing to fall back on. And like, and they were the best. Like these are musicians who like, I would look up to and be like, oh my God, like, how are you that good? Uh, even some of the, the best musicians who are like touring, um, I was always worried about the financial stability. Like if you're not that top 0.0001% of drummers, let's say, uh, you got to get another job. Yeah. And I didn't want to be in a position where it's like, sure, I'm drumming, but that comes with the sacrifice of like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to provide for myself. Yeah. Well, I so mean, I, the, the cool yeah. thing is now you can, if you choose to go that path. Right. You know. So, um, yeah, so that would be, that would be a path I would take. But like, as much as I love music, I also love business. So <laughs> I love like, making money. So, but that's, and that's the thing. It's like, I wouldn't just be making music to like goof around, but I would make music that I feel that would do well commercially or that would do well on TikTok or that would do well. Like I couldn't just be like, Oh, I'm going to make a funk band because that's what I, you know, that's what I that's like playing bad. to. Yeah. I would, I would make music that I think like this would be something that people could use in their TikToks or. Yeah. You know. I love that dude. I, have you ever mentioned that um, on no. any of your shows? Actually, no. I've you guys heard that. it here first, man. You, yeah, you did. So you did like, uh, you know, like, like, uh, like I really looked, like Zed. I think that hey, Zed, Zed was a perfect example who did the um, Squid Games remix. I haven't seen I, that. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. It it blew up from, I believe it was from TikTok, but he posted this Squid Games remix. Yeah. And it's really good. Yeah. Just listen to it. It's, I'm, it's I'm gonna, and I, will, I already know our um, our thumbnail now and our title. Graham, Graham Stephan's going to become a musician uh, don't let's not jinx it let's not get at it <laughs> it'll be he's something gonna be a rock star it, it'll be something where if it happens yeah, if not yeah if not but uh yeah in the back of my mind i think that would be cool but i wouldn't give up youtube for that um that i want to build out the studio because i'm always just like hey if it happens it happens but uh just like transitioning from real estate to youtube i would be doing music on the side and it would just purely be a side thing if it takes off great well i think but, um yeah i think you could um do it for fun. And, you know, if you wanted to put it on your TikTok because you're not really, you know, serious about TikTok compared to your YouTube channel, like, I think that's a great place to put it. I, um, it's funny. I, I talk a lot about, well, I don't talk a lot about crypto, but I like NFTs and crypto. But, you know, when I post stuff on my main channel or my Instagram, people don't really care about crypto. Yeah. But I know Twitter is like huge on crypto. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to post like all my, tw my, you know, thoughts on crypto and NFTs on Twitter. And by the way, guys, follow me on Twitter, Ryan Pineda Show. Um, yeah. I don't even have a thousand followers, but I'm just like, eh, you know, I don't really care what happens yeah. and it's a different thing. So I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, cool, dude. Just want to say, dude, appreciate you coming in. This was the earliest podcast we've ever done. And, uh, for the one AM, yeah. 7 AM for the one and only Graham Stefan. So man. guys, make sure you, uh, I'm sure everyone subscribed to your channel, but if not, make sure you go subscribe. We will link to it down below. And, uh, if you guys liked this video, Graham, why don't you tell them what to do? You gotta destroy the like button. <laughs> just do it, just smash it. A lot of people, they see Graham and they're like, oh my gosh, this is my idol, this is the man, you know, so they don't wanna check him. Yeah. They don't wanna say, Graham, I think that your opinion here is wrong. And we totally have different perspectives on life. Some things like, you're like, dude, he's so smart. And other times you're like, this makes no rational sense. Entrepreneurs are so caught up in 